0: you could stand with me I don't believe God is done yet I believe God has a word for us I'm just a messenger but I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be in this place we serve a great God we serve a great God he's already come down in this place he's filled some people with the Holy Ghost but he's ready to do something again is somebody ready to preach with me tonight? Will somebody give your all tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'll be reading from 1 John chapter 2. Pastor looked at me while we were praying with those folks and he said, did you lose your voice while you were praying? Probably did and you're probably going to hear a few squeaks. But I'm not going to quench the spirit just because I have the mic. God is moving, we gotta move. When God is moving, you can't quench it. Don't stop it. It might, I heard something, God might pass you by. If you don't grab onto it, God might pass you by. I don't wanna be passed by. I wanna feel, when I'm feeling it, I wanna go. Go. In the name of Jesus, let's get into the word of the Lord. First John chapter 2, and then starting with verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. I'd also like to take you to the book, to Matthew, book of Matthew, chapter seven, starting at verse twenty-one. If you're there, say Amen. Not everyone that's uh, starting with verse twenty-one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. I'd like to take my title from both chapters that we read from, both books. And I'd like to entitle my message tonight. Do you know him? And will he say he knew you? I'd like for us to raise our hands before we sit down. And let's worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's come in this place to touch Somebody. I pray, God, that you would move on somebody, God, somebody in this place, somebody listening online, God, I pray that you would take my lips and that you would use them for your glory, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. If you're preaching me, you may be seated in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. When we conversate with the world about Jesus, we find that most have heard of him. We find that even other religions know about him. We find that the Muslims even think that he is a prophet. The Hindus see Jesus as an enlightened figure. The Sikhs even acknowledge his existence. And the Jews think of him as an historical figure, as a prophet. But not as the Messiah. But what we find here is none of these false religions have come to the understanding or have got the revelation that he himself is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I've come tonight to let somebody know Jesus is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He himself is the great I am. I wish somebody would believe that tonight. He is the king of kings. Maybe not somebody else believes that, but we do. We know the truth. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that I don't serve a God that I can't get to know. But I get the ability to know him and to have a relationship with him. If you have come into this place tonight and you want to know him, you want to have a relationship with him, I've come to let you know that you first... Have to become a follower of Jesus. We find that the disciples were the first followers. They were willing to give up their lives, they were willing to throw down their nets. You've heard the stories. You've heard the stories of someone of God coming on the boat, Jesus coming on the boat, and he says, Come on, we're going. And they became the followers of him. They decided to lay down their nets and give up their day to day lives, they gave up their day to day jobs. If you can put up Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Jesus tells his disciples his expectations of what a follower is. In verse 24 he says, then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. To follow him, he tells them, you got to deny yourself. You can't do the things that you were once doing. But you got to deny the flesh and you got to come follow me. Verse 25 says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. He says, if you're trying to do things on your own, you're not going to find life. But if you will follow me, I give life. I give life that gives everlasting life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 26, for what a man, for what is a man profitable, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall man give if in exchange for his soul? He says, what is your soul worth? Is it worth going to hell over? Would you be willing to gain the whole world and all of its riches and end with nothing, in without salvation, in without him giving you hallelujah what he has for you i've come to let someone know that you can follow him tonight you can find a life that is everlasting the same god that the disciples followed is the same god that died on a cross for your sins he's the same god that's in this building tonight and he's the same god that can live inside of you the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, that same Jesus that raised up from the dead is living, is coming back for us once again. Hallelujah. I want to get to know him. I want to know him more and more every day. I want to follow him like the disciples follow him. Hallelujah. The first part of my title tonight is entitled, Do You Know Him? And one of my research of the word know I find that it refers to your understanding and your awareness about something or someone. It signifies that you are familiar with a particular subject, person, or concept. Knowing someone means that you know about them, you have an understanding of who they are. And I have come to tell someone that it is first vital that you know about him and that you do have an understanding of him. But it is also vital that you gain knowledge of him, to fully understand him in all of his fullness. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 16, says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love or set a foundation, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge, that ye may be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. I've come to preach tonight with a burning burden in my soul that if you get to know him, you'll begin to love him. And if you love him, you'll want to gain more knowledge about him. And if you gain more knowledge about him, you'll begin to trust him. I've come to make somebody aware tonight that's been questioning and and your trust with God. And you've been questioning who, who you can trust. I've come to tell you tonight, you can trust Jesus. If you don't have anybody to trust in your life, you can trust Jesus. Hallelujah. He died on a cross for your sins. He loves you. You can put your trust in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To gain knowledge, we've got to entrust in Jesus. You got to spend some time with him. You got to spend some time to gain some experiences with him. Robert Coleman, I'm reading a book right now about Robert Coleman in his book The Master Plan. To evangelism says that the disciples' knowledge of him was gained first by association before it was understood by explanation. What the writer is saying is that you will not understand everything at first, but the more time you spend with him, the more you associate yourself with the king of kings and the lord of lords, the more understanding and the more knowledge that you will gain, spending time in his word. We read about testimonies that we hear of pastor talked about one this morning you read your word and stuff starts to come out that you're like my goodness he did it he did it back then he could probably do it again he talked about the three hebrew boys in that fiery furnace that was an experience that they had to have they they're like all right god we're gonna trust you we're gonna trust you and 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 they go and, and they move and they walk in and they trust him and god comes through and you read about that and you can say all right god i spent some time in my word and i read, i can do it i can do it hallelujah we read in the new in the new testament about the woman with the issue of blood and uh this this story amazes me the story amazes me the bible says that she knew that if she could just touch the hem of his garment that she would be healed i've come to compel someone tonight to move past The embarrassment of what your friends might say about living for Jesus. I've come to tell somebody you gotta move past that. You don't think the woman with the issue of blood wasn't thinking, What if it doesn't happen? What if he doesn't come through? You don't think she was thinking, What are people gonna say when I'm crawling to Jesus and I'm on my hands and knees? That's embarrassing. Hallelujah, but I've come to tell somebody she moved past the what ifs and she moved past the what are people going to say and she moved into a desperate cry of if I can only touch the hem of his garment if I can only touch the hem of his garment I've come to tell somebody tonight you got to jump over, you got to jump over that thought of the what if he doesn't do it what are somebody going to say You got to jump. You got to move. He's going to jump towards you, but you got to go. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I've come to let somebody know that your relationship status with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, matters. Your relationship, knowing Jesus, matters. And he, furthermore, it has a direct correlation with where you will spend eternity. Knowing him, allowing him into your life, it matters. What I find interesting about knowledge and gaining knowledge is that the word, that would be the direct opposite of the word knowledge, is unawareness. Or, the, or by definition, the state of being Unaware. And if you are in this place, and you are simply unaware of the God that you serve, you are simply unaware of his capabilities and his abilities to touch your life, you're in the right place. Because i like to tell you about him. I love some Jesus. Who likes to talk about Jesus? (laughs) Hallelujah. I love some Jesus. Hallelujah. If you'll preach with me hallelujah i'd like to start out by talking about jesus and letting you know there is only one god and his name is jesus the bible says in deuteronomy 6 and 4 hear O israel the lord our god is one lord it says in ephesians chapter 4 one lord one faith and one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all He alone created the entire world and everything in it. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same that was in the beginning. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. I've come to tell somebody that's come on a Sunday night unaware of the God that you serve. You've got somebody on your side that created the entire world. He loves you and he cares about you. Hallelujah. Your situation isn't too big. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. If you didn't know, he's the same God. He's the same God of Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the same God that parted the Red Sea for the people of Israel to escape the bondage of Egypt. He's the same God that tore down those Jericho walls when the trumpet sounded. He's the same God that was there with the shepherd boy when he slayed the Philistine giant. I've come to tell somebody tonight. I don't care what walls are in front of you. I don't care what kind of bondage that you're in. I don't care the giant you're facing. We serve the giant slayer. Somebody worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's who my Jesus is. That's who my Jesus is. Do you know him? Do you know him? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've come to make somebody aware of who he is. And if he did it back then, he'll do it again. If he I said it, if he did it back then, he'll do it again. It's time for somebody to to realize that the God we serve—that when you open up your Bible and you start reading through your Bible, it's the same God. Every time you read about something that He's done, He's the same God that did it. Your faith can rise. Your trust in Him can rise. When you start thinking about his goodness and what he is. In the Old Testament, he was referred to as Elohim, which signified his power and his might. El Shaddai, which means he is our strength. Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. Jehovah Nisi, that means the Lord is my victory. Jehovah Shalom, meaning the Lord is my peace. This is the God that you get the ability and the privilege to serve tonight it's somebody with the privilege of worshiping him and loving him lift up your voice lift up your hands to the king of kings we get the precious privilege to love him tonight hallelujah hallelujah in the book of isaiah it was prophesied that he would be born of a virgin and come to this earth In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call call his name Emmanuel. Meaning God is with us. If you come in this place tonight and you're wondering where God is at, there is no doubt in my mind. And you should have no doubt in your mind that he's with us tonight. The same God, it's Emmanuel. He's with us. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he robed himself in flesh and he came through a virgin. He was born in a lowly stable and he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God the everlasting father and the prince of peace i've come to tell you tonight about my jesus while on earth he made the blind to see and the deaf to hear again he fed five thousand with two fish and five loaves of bread he made the lame to walk again and i've come to let someone don't know tonight i don't care how big your problems are we serve the alpha and the omega he is the king of kings he is the Lord of lords. He's your redeemer and he can be your friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He came to this earth for no other reason but to seek and to save that which was lost, to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captive free. He did this in Calvary. He died on a cross for you and me. He died for our sins. He was placed in a tomb. But the amazing story is, is that he rose up out of that grave in three days. He is our champion. I've come to preach to you tonight. Death could not defeat him. The grave could not hold him. Hell could not stop him. And you get the privilege to know him tonight.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: He's alive tonight. His spirit is alive, and I've come to let somebody know He's not just the God of yesterday, but He's the same God. Hebrews chapter thirteen says He's the same God, the same God. Hallelujah! He's given us a promise and the hope of eternal life. The repentance, being baptized in His name, and receiving His spirit. That spirit of God is the Holy Ghost. There was people in this place tonight that received that Holy Ghost. Peter preached about this promise in the book of Acts. When somebody asked Peter, what must we do to be saved? Peter said unto him in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of of our sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call hallelujah I've come on a Sunday night to let you know you can be baptized in his name and he'll wash all your sins away it doesn't matter what you've done he already paid it at the cross I've come to let somebody know that the Holy Ghost It's the same Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. There's no age limit for you to receive it. There's no height requirement, thank you Jesus, for you to receive it. There's no social status for you to receive it. The Holy Ghost is for everybody in this place. That's God's promise, and you can receive it in this house tonight. You can receive it. All you got to do is raise your hands. Tell God you love him. Tell God, I want it. I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to know you more, Jesus. Do you know him? Hallelujah. 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 I love talking about Jesus. I get talking about him and I get excited. I'm sorry. But he's done some pretty cool things in my life. And I got something to thank him for. Hearing all of that about who he is and what he has done. You have been made aware tonight in maybe a small capacity Don't take that as the whole reading of the Bible, but maybe in a small capacity, I have made you aware of maybe things he's done in my life, and things he did in the Bible, and things he's still doing. Maybe you already knew all that. Maybe you didn't. But my purpose for saying all of that tonight, and my question to a young person, saint of God, or new visitor the same, is as important As it is to be made aware of who he is, to understand who he is, to gain knowledge about him, do, the question maybe that you can ask yourself is, do you just know about him? Or do you truly know him? And I know that's deep. But do you truly know him? I've come not to just preach about who he is and what he's done. I've come not to just preach a feel-good message and tell you he loves you and you don't have to do anything else. But I've come to preach there's a huge difference in knowing about him and truly, truly, truly knowing him. You having a personal relationship with the Lord. And I've come to remind you again that the steps and that the decisions that you decide to make in your relationship with God will have a direct effect on where you spend eternity. I would like that to sink in. What you decide to do with your relationship with God will have a direct effect on where you spend eternity. Every statement I made earlier were statements of truth. I didn't just say that to get you hyped up. Scriptures and statements directly from the Bible about who he is. We clap. We get excited about who he is. And it's exciting to talk about what he is and who he is because he's great. But this is not just about his love for you. And you can go to some churches that it's just like, he loves you. And that's all. But salvation tonight comes through you And God loving and knowing each other. This is not just a one-way relationship. This is not just God giving to you, giving to you, giving to you. But this is you giving back to him. That's salvation. That's how it works. Hallelujah. There's no doubt in my mind that he loves you. Don't take that I'm not saying that. God loves every single person. He tells us in Romans 5 and 8, but God commanded his love toward us. And thou, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you. Yes, he does love you. But this is not just about his love but for you to make it to heaven and enter into the gates there has there has got to be a two-way relationship with him where you love him with your whole heart you have received his spirit and you truly know him and he knows you when i think about someone in the bible that was a man after god's own heart loved god you already know who i'm going where i'm going with this but i think about david Imperfect, the Bible says, but a man after God's own heart. A person that was not perfect at all, but had a desire to make sure that his relationship with God was one of intimacy. One that was so strong that he could go to him at any time. What I find is that an intimacy with God and a real relationship where you can say, I know him without a shadow of a doubt is described to me as a relationship that includes a deep and personal closeness to him, involving a sense of trust in him, vulnerability in handing your life over to him, and an emotional connection that connects you with the one most high. I'm preaching to somebody under the sound of my voice. And online tonight, when I describe what knowing him truly is, you have to ask yourself, Do I truly know Him? Have I truly handed my life over to him? And I've come tonight not to scare somebody, but to make sure that you are aware that the level of depth and obedience you decide to have with God will directly affect where you spend eternity. The relationship in the Bible that we find is a, Direct opposite, very close in time, direct opposite, though, of David is King Saul. And what we find in King Saul is he was someone that had it all going. He was chosen by God to be king over Israel. But his disobedience to God would lead to his downfall. We find God even saying, if you read in the scriptures, that he wishes he would have never chose Saul. We read that his decisions to do the things his way and not God's way leads to his withdrawal or he takes away what God originally chose him for. You can put up 1 Samuel chapter 13, starting with verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly, thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God. Which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after God's own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. The Bible says Saul's kingdom was ripped away because of his disobedience. He eventually, we find later in the scriptures that he's killed on a battlefield fighting for his own glory. I'm speaking tonight about two men chosen at the same time. The Bible said there will be two in the field. One will go and the other one will stay. Who are you tonight? Can you ask yourself, which one am I? I want to be, I don't want to be Saul. I chose a life of rebellion and disobedience, but I want to be one of David that through his imperfections, some I feel like some people, you know, you just feel like you got to be perfect. God's not asking for that. God's not asking for perfection. God's asking for your heart. God wants to know your heart. I love what. David says in Psalms 27 he says one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple when David had sinned he committed adultery he killed someone to cover it up he says in his apology letter In Psalms chapter 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I know I'm talking to somebody in this place. And if you're not in this place, maybe you're listening online. But God is ready for you to say, through your imperfections, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew in me a right spirit. I want to make it to heaven, Jesus. I want to know you, God. Hallelujah, he's not looking for perfection tonight. He's looking for somebody willing to say, here's my heart, it's yours. Here's my life, it's yours. This includes turning away from the things of the world. If you can put up 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Love not the world, neither, starting at verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want to abide with him forever. I want to live with him forever. I don't just want this to be something that I'm living on earth, but I want to abide with him forever. Hallelujah. As mentioned before, the Bible describes knowing him as having a profound level of intimacy with God. Such as a deep knowledge and understanding shared between a husband and a wife. And like a marriage has to be, where a husband and a wife love each other unconditionally, would die for each other, have taken vows to be committed to each other. And furthermore, are not testing their toes in the water. Or looking over to see if the grass is greener on the other side. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Tonight I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is how God is expecting your relationship to be with him. I know I'm preaching to somebody tonight. You keep trying to see if the grass is greener on the other side. And I've come to tell you that sin might be pleasurable for a season for a season and it looks really good when you're looking over but the wages of sin is death and I know this is deep tonight but I feel this with everything within me there's somebody tonight that doesn't truly know him you haven't truly got to know him Hallelujah, I understand that living for Jesus and following his ways is not always going to be easy. It's going to take work, just like any relationship does. you got to walk with Jesus every day. you got to trust and obey him. You want his truth to be in you. You want to keep his commandments. Church, the the Bible says in, in, in my opening text in John chapter 1, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. I want to be saved. I want his truth to live inside of me. Verse number 6 that I read in the opening text. He saith that he, he's that saith he abideth in him, ought also, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. You got to walk like him. And you got to talk like him. Hallelujah. Musicians, I'm coming to a close. You can come. This leads me to my second part of the title tonight. That is entitled, Will He Say He Knew You? We find in Matthew chapter 7, if you can put that up. Jesus is speaking and he says this starting in verse number 13. Enter ye, In at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Be inwardly that they are ravening wolves. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in to the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name not done wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And when the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. I've come to compel somebody tonight. Build your house upon a rock. He is the rock. There's coming a day that the trumpet's going to sound. The Bible says that no man knows the day or the hour that the Son of Man will come. And we will all be before God in that judgment place. And what a shame it would be for us to be given the precious privilege to serve him, to love him, to know him, and to receive his spirit. And him tell us, depart from me. I never knew you. When I felt God impress this message on my heart, me and my wife were sitting at lunch. And I got a text, and somebody said, pray for my daughter. And I know this young lady, and I know the struggles that she's had in her life. And I know the ups and downs that's going on. And I looked at my wife, and I said, if she only knew him, if she only knew the capabilities and the things that he could do in her life, would she be so erratic with her decisions and the things that she's doing and my fear tonight is maybe there's somebody in this place that you don't know who he is you haven't got to know him but he loves you and he wants you to love him back i've come to preach to a young person that is on the edge of backsliding I've come with a burden to tell you that this is not the time to be questioning if you want to live for him. Just because you didn't get the job that you prayed for doesn't mean that God doesn't have other plans for you. Just because that relationship didn't work out doesn't mean that God doesn't have plans for you. Just because, hallelujah, I'm telling somebody he's coming tonight. He's coming soon. It's not time to stop living for him. It's not time. It's time for someone to tap in. It's time for someone to open up your arms and say, I'm consecrating my life to you, God. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. If you can stand with me tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The reason that I'm so burdened with this tonight Is I know that there's people under the sound of my voice, and you're listening online. Maybe you are listening online, but if you don't get your relationship with God fixed tonight, if they don't get their heart right with God tonight, my fear is that it's gonna be too late. Hallelujah, Jesus. My fear is that they will be told, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I've come to let somebody know, no matter how long you come to church, no matter how many generations of Pentecost you are, we will all face the same thing. We will either be told, enter in, My good and faithful servant. or we will be told, depart from me. I never knew you. We find a story in Genesis about Abraham. And the story I'm going to tell is about Abraham's nephew, Lot. And I heard this story. And Lot and his wife, they were escaping Sodom. And they were running away. I heard this missionary said this at a Arkansas camp meeting. And it hit me when this message, everything just coming together going, my God. And when, what, what he said was that Lot's wife, the problem with her was not that she was maybe such an evil person. Not that she was such a bad person. But the problem, and it wasn't also that God didn't love her. And that God didn't have his hand on her. But what he said was that God had her hand, but Sodom had her heart. God had her hand, but Sodom had her heart. And I'm talking to somebody in this place tonight. I believe it was everything in me. <laughs> I have a question for you. Who has your heart tonight? Who are you going to give your heart to? David said it like this, and this should be your prayer tonight. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me to the way everlasting I'm making a call right now to an altar these altars are open I'm making a call right now to an altar that somebody wants to see your heart right in the name of Jesus I wish that somebody would find an altar right now and consecrate yourself to the Lord find out and know him somebody would find him and love him somebody on the edge of backsliding would say God I want to know you God, I want to know your heart.
2: a commitment a commitment that steps over the threshold and says I'm giving everything to you God I'm not withholding anything I know how great you are and how powerful you are i felt your spirit, your anointing but I'm giving you all of my life praise God I wonder all over this building if we can lift our hands and make that prayer of commitment God help me Not to just be acquainted. Praise God, but help me be committed. Hallelujah. Help me be committed. Thank you, Lord. That's it. Let me be committed. Hallelujah. Everything, my life, I give it to you. I worship you. I praise you.